0: welcome to that's all i have to say and you can see check us out on all i have to and all i have to say podcast on facebook instagram and twitter
1: i'm jack and, with and me, I'm... As always is raven raven yes mr tomas hello <laughs> hello
0: so <laughs> um so it's 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 been uh, you know the usual shenanigans uh in the world of uh, politics and the Republicans and Trump and all that good stuff. Um, so um, Bob Woodward, um, of course, famous for, uh, he and Carl Bernstein, exposing the, you know, what was happening in Watergate with Nixon. Well, he has a, a new book coming out that he wrote with Robert Costa called Peril. And in it, he details a memo, the two-page memo that John Eastman, uh, one of the lawyers uh, that Trump has in his little bullpen of lawyers because he's constantly in trouble with the law, uh, that basically outlined a six-step plan or procedure for Mike Pence to annul the... um, the results of the 2020 election. We all know because he was pretty public about it that Trump was very upset with Pence because he wouldn't do this. Um, and uh, by the time you have the January sixth uh, uh, insurrection, you have uh, them—the the people who were rioting—literally created a gallows for Mike Pence, not for Nancy Pelosi, not for AOC, for Mike Pence, the vice president of the United States.
1: Hang Mike Pence.
0: Right. So, uh, and, and Trump was pretty open about his criticism uh, towards Pence about it. First of all, let's get this out of the way. Is it just bullshit, or could he have actually uh, done anything to prevent the election from being uh, ratified?
1: You mean, could Mike Pence have prevented the election from being ratified? Sure, he could have done it illegally. I mean, there's no, no, highlighted... I'm sorry, I'm
0: sorry, I wasn't clear. Could he legally do it like, like Eastman is saying?
1: Um, like constitutionally, it's ambiguous. Again, I think we're coming back to this. And interestingly, um, this was one of the debates at the Constitutional Convention about the validity of separation of powers in um, preventing corruption. And then also (laughs) related to... Corruption, um, the power to pardon. Um, interestingly, both of these are tied to Trump, right? Um, and that right. the power to pardon um, would lead to corruption because a presidents would use it to profit, um, which we know that Trump was uh, with his sidekick Rudy, um, and apparently Kim Kardashian um, were trying to sell pardons uh, and then be that it would just lend itself to corruption because the president could effectively do whatever they wanted um, and then pardon whomever they liked. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's these two, there's ambiguity here, right? The, the system of checks and balances um, doesn't clearly uh, <laughs> provide a check or a balance um, in this situation. So Mike Pence, I mean, he thankfully listened to Dan Quayle um, who told him, no, he couldn't do it. But like, I don't know, I'm rambling a little bit here, but again, it, it comes down to like, two or three people that did the right thing when they didn't have to do the right thing. Right. And that uh, that's the, I think, really important thing to highlight here um, is that Mike Pence could have done something else. William Barr could have done something else.
0: Right. Uh, did you ever think you were gonna say uh, the, the sentence Luckily, Dan Quayle stepped in and (laughs) saved democracy. Uh, So here's what Eastman proposed, just so we... So basically, Pence would have declared Trump the winner, saying that he had more electoral votes. After seven states were just thrown out. So at 232, that would make it 232 to 222 for Trump. And when the Republicans, I mean, sorry, when the Democrats were going to come back and be like, hey, that's bullshit, then it would have gone to the House where each state gets one vote. Mm -hmm. um, And that, therefore, that would, they would, they would call it for him. Mm -hmm. So, so that was the basic scheme, which how can you like I, I stopped at, at the at the the explanation of this at throw out seven states? Seven states? Mm-hmm. That's a lot to say well what, there was some something wrong, so therefore it should be thrown out.
1: Yeah, it is a lot. I don't know. I mean again this the whole thing is delusional right like we were just talking about uh christy todd whitman who used to be a big player in the republican party and um miles taylor who worked for the department of homeland security from 2017 to 2019 uh, as its chief of staff um, and who also wrote the anonymous letter in 2018 um like, they have an op-ed in today's Times essentially calling on the Republican Party um, or rational Republicans to leave the Republican Party start a new party and to work with Democrats. Like, why is it that it's 2021 and just now rational Republicans are being called upon to leave the Republican Party? why was it in 2018 that the anonymous letter was published? Like there's, these people aren't living in reality. And I'm not saying these people in order to like, you know, dehumanize them, but like, they're really, there's no reality here. Donald Trump has already taken over the Republican party. Right if rational Republicans left the Republican Party now and started their own party, how, like, what percentage of the current Republican Party would it be? 3%, 4%? Right. Like, I mean, the ship is sailed, you know? Like, right. I just, I don't understand.
0: Well, that's, that that's, a, that's an excellent point, is that if, I mean, as much as, you know, people wring their hands about this, like, starting a third party, I mean, that's never worked in American history. Um, but that aside, um, you're right, you know, like, the number of Republicans who at least publicly support Trump. You know, they may think he's an asshole behind closed doors, but they still support it. Mm-hmm. They still they still back everything he says and and all this kind of stuff. So it would be in in the minority. I mean it kind of reminds me of in the 19 was it 1912 election where it was like Uh, Taft, and then Roosevelt, uh, Theodore Roosevelt came back, and it split the party, and then Wilson ended up winning, um, because he split the Republican vote between the Republicans and his bull moose, quote-unquote, party. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it kind of reminds me of that, in that, you know, it's a minority position, but it's enough that it could split the vote. And ultimately, are they really going to want to do that?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like for as much as, for as much as, uh, I don't know, Mitt Romney might hate Donald Trump, would he, would he, maybe he would, but some others, like, would they genuinely prefer Trump or or a Democrat over Trump, and as we've already said, we don't know that Joe Biden is going to run. Yeah. In in a a few years, it could be somebody else that they find because you know they like a guy like Mitt Romney might say, "Well, you know, Uncle Joe, he's not that bad. You know, we'll we'll let that go. He's he's better than Trump." But if it's somebody who they fear more. I, I don't think that they would back the motor Trump. I, I honestly don't. No, I don't care what they say. I don't think say. so
1: either. I don't think so either. Um uh, but you no, know, this op-ed um, in today's times really bothered me also because it like just is dawning on Christy Todd Whitman and uh, Miles Taylor that Kevin McCarthy is disingenuous? Like, how is this, even? I, I just, you know, and I know I'm not saying anything that's like particularly intellectually spunky, but how is this even possible? Like, how is it that you are now realizing that Kevin McCarthy is disingenuous?
0: Right. Um, I don't know. Um, I <laughs> I mean, look, they've done a lot of mental gymnastics to do what they've done. Um, nor do I feel like people are like, hold, hold these uh, Republicans, you know, the more moderate, quote unquote, Republicans as bastions of whatever. But I mean, they kind of supported him a lot. They didn't support him on everything. Uh, There were some times and some crucial times where they didn't. But on the other hand, they, they, they kind of went along with Trump's agenda for the most part.
1: Can you just give me one example of a time when they didn't support him?
0: I'm drawing a complete blank right
1: now <laughs> so
0: it seems like there was but maybe maybe that's the whatever the Mandela effect where you think something happened but it didn't really um, I don't know maybe not
1: <laughs> I mean because like if you take somebody like Susan Collins for an example um, and you know I'm just thinking of her like because she voted for Brett Kavanaugh um, and like her rationale was that uh, Roe wasn't, it was unlikely that Roe would be overturned and she under or during the Trump administration was considered to be, you know, a, a swing vote but she voted with Trump's agenda like 93% of the time. might've been higher. Jeff Flake also, uh, and Bob Corker. Uh, Lisa Murkowski I think has a little bit more of a backbone, but just barely. Like John McCain, God rest his soul. (laughs) And I'm (laughs) saying that because I'm an atheist, but um, (laughs) that's a separate issue. Um, My point is that he voted once, one thumbs down, and everybody's acting like, you know, he was um, like a great intellect who. Um was a tr- you know, a true maverick. I'll use the word maverick uh, since we're talking about McCain. May God rest his soul. Um, but like, I just, you know, its just it's not based in reality. Right. And I mean, it's I've, even I've, I've always
0: felt that these moderate Republicans, including the late John McCain, uh, like they like to make a lot of noise about Trump like I can't believe he did this oh my god this is a terrible thing this is this is a awful I can't believe this is going against American democracy and the uh, you know everything that the Republicans party has stood for and all this stuff but when the metal you know the tire hits the road right they they vote for him so why would they form another party like yeah it seems so unlikely to me because they have a bit of a moral toothache every once in a while because i i i imagine a lot of republicans secretly secretly are like what the fuck is this guy about but they go along with it because as you said I mean, honestly, what choice do they have? You know, like if they're going to be Republicans and the Republican Party is completely 100% the party of Trump and he is, I would, I would be shocked beyond belief if he doesn't run in 2024 and if he runs, he's getting the nomination. Nobody stands a chance against Trump for the yeah. Republican nomination, nobody. Like, if you if you think about back to 2016, the people who were part of the Republican primary, you know, uh, I just don't, I mean, th- they didn't win that time. They're not gonna win this time because the fanaticism towards Donald Trump has only grown exponentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, next week I'm going down to Texas, and I can tell you that they love him, they love him, not everybody, but a lot of people do, and that's true through most of the country. Hell, it's true right here in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of people who love Donald Trump, not the majority, but you know, as I said last week, I, I sent Raven a picture of somebody who put up. This a sticker about Trump running in twenty twenty four, and he said, "To save America again, you mm-hmm. know, so to, America needs to be saved." And when you use, you know, talking about religion uh, and God, when you start using terms from Christian eschatology to say that that he is the savior right, of the country, and you're couching it in, in terms like that to people who are exceptionally religious, you are conflating him with God or with Jesus or Christ or whatever the way you want to look at it, uh, and and that is exceptionally dangerous.
1: Mm-hmm. So why is it that there's this level of delusion um, around Donald Trump? I, I, think, I think, you
0: know, I, I, I watched a documentary yesterday that was pretty good, called 15 Minutes of Shame about the role internet plays in publicly shaming people you know, whether they did something wrong or not, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, I think what, what we've seen in the last 20 years, but definitely the last 10 years is there's, you know, the, the, the the internet was created as this kind of social, the original idea of social media was let's connect people, let's have a free exchange of ideas, put human knowledge on the thing and have people from different walks of life, different parts of the world to be able to speak to each other. And, you know, in some like protests and stuff that have happened around the world, it was a good thing. But for the most part, it's it's only because it's an echo chamber, really. Uh, that's what it's become. And people are only listening to people who agree with them and then anybody who doesn't agree with them they can attack and tear apart, which is of course what their hero Trump did. Mm-hmm. Anybody who said anything against him, he he attacked them on Twitter, which is why he got thrown off the platform. Mm-hmm. I mean for you to get thrown off of Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, you you really have to be doing something. Um but I think because of this echo chamber effect that the internet has created for all of us. I mean, on both sides of the of the issue. Um, but when you add to that the fact that the things that are being echoed are not part of reality, and they are in fact conspiracy theories, if you truly believe, putting ourselves in the in the in the shoes of your average conspiracy-believing Republican. If you truly believe that Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton are murdering and raping children and drinking their blood, well, yeah, you're going to be against that, right? Mm -hmm. And when, again, they use this kind of language about Trump about him being the savior and him being anointed by God and all this kind of stuff, and you're dealing with people who are, you know, um, extremely religious for one thing, but also maybe not as well informed. Let's put it that way. Um, you've, cre- you, you've created. Okay, here's the problem. These these bad people are trying to create a Marxist state. that's that's satanic and all this stuff. And the only person who can save us is not the Republican Party. It is specifically Donald J. Trump.
1: And I'm asking, why do people like Christy Todd Whitman, for an example, um, and Mitt Romney and, I don't know, Jeff Flake and Other Republicans who, you know, I don't agree with them, but are not um, like their IQ isn't 70, right? Right. right? Why do they, why are they delusional about Donald Trump? how is it that in 2021, somebody is just now saying that Kevin McCarthy is disingenuous? Like, wh- I don't, it doesn't, it defies, like, I don't even know how to phrase it. It makes such little sense.
0: I mean, do you think I mean, you mentioned earlier that it is politically expedient ultimately for them because, um, because it is Trump's party. It might as well be called the Trumpist party at this point. Um, do you think it's just politically expedient for them to talk themselves into these kind of bullshit lies? Like I have to go along with this if I wanna have a political career but I don't like it, so I'm gonna convince myself that certain things that are obviously false are true.
1: Well, I mean, yes, but also like what I'm saying though is these are people who have made the decision to leave the party, right? So why did it take
0: like, I, I just, I don't understand. Um, I mean, I. you could ask the very question of why Trump at all. Like why this guy, why a billionaire quote unquote from, from Queens who is a real estate magnet and literally shits on a golden toilet, why would a guy who lives in a trailer in Oklahoma be like, yeah, that's
1: not I'm guy. Like, I'm more curious about the people who, you know, while I might not agree with them because their only policies really like Christy Todd Whitman are geared towards lowering taxes on the rich. But like, what? Well, I don't, I just, I don't understand how it could possibly take somebody this number of years when honestly writing that letter and having it published in the New York Times, what good is that actually doing? Like any normal person has already left the party. right? Any Republican, let me rephrase that, any elected Republican um whether they're going to vote for a democrat or not who is normal is not supporting donald trump right like so why i don't know do you understand what i'm saying i don't like, i don't yeah i understand what you're saying like
0: why would somebody who should know better not the guy in the trailer in oklahoma but why would someone who should know better go along with it.
1: I don't think like, what is what's what are they getting out of it? Especially because um you know he's such a turncoat that they can't even trust, you know, that um he is going to support like continue to support them, regardless of what they say, right? They could be as loyal as uh, Lindsey Graham. And still, Donald Trump could wake up one day and say, you know, fuck this guy. He didn't, I don't know. We just talked
0: about it. He turned on his own vice
1: president. Yes, but Mike Pence did something to incur his wrath right like I mean he did the one thing right he didn't allow him to steal the election but for somebody who's just supported him there's no guarantee that he's going to continue to support you
0: I mean I don't think they would do it unless they felt they had to right
1: yeah, I mean, so they're afraid of their own voters.
0: Yeah. Which I mean. I, don't, <laughs> I, don't I, I just I, I
1: mean I honestly like is it possible how is it how do we get out of this? what, what is the the way out of this?
0: I don't know because I'll tell you, again, because I've traveled throughout the South uh, recently and people are digging their heels in more like if they if I think a lot of not Raven and I, but I think a lot of Democrats thought when he lost and he was out and he was done. For now, right? That he, that, and Joe Biden became president and Joe Biden started governing. I think a lot of people thought, ah, it'll die down. Now They'll get over it. I'm talking about his supporters.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the opposite is true. Mm-hmm. The opposite is true. The, pe- the people who love him are more fanatical now than they were. In fact, in a way that they become, they became more radicalized by the fact that then the narrative is they, the Democrats literally stole an election and Donald Trump is the rightful president and they are completely stealing democracy. You know, like people believe that. Mm -hmm. People I know believe that. So, you know, if if that's the case, then they with each passing day and again, the more they go on the internet, the bigger the echo chamber is, the more Facebook memes and shit that they see, the more they're digging their heels in. So, you know, as to your question, how do we proceed from here? I don't know. I I, I don't know that we can without something big happening. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. Uh, I don't know what that looks like, but I, I don't think through the normal channels of, you know, this party's in power, this, and then, you know, in a few years, the next party's in power and back and forth and, you know, so forth. Um, I don't, I I don't think that that can solve the problem.
1: So you know? what happens?
0: The East Coast and the West Coast join Canada, and then Canada looks like one of those hats with the ear flaps, and then the United States is just the middle part. I don't know. Um, I. Because if, if if you think of this as like a true, if, if you believe that Trump won the election and it was robbed from him, and therefore you believe that there is a serious constitutional crisis going on.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and that your rights, like basically your vote was discounted. Then mm-hmm. isn't it not unlike, I mean, I think there was more of an economic incentive Um, before the Civil War because obviously slavery was the cornerstone of the Southern economy. Mm -hmm.
1: But um,
0: on the other hand, I feel like they're yelling with the same ferocity about their rights and their constitutional rights and their state's rights being impugned upon as they did back then. Mm -hmm. I really hope that it doesn't, that there's not more violence than there's already been.
1: Yeah, I mean, speaking about violence, right? We talk about January 6th, but we also have to remember that his entire presidency was peppered with violence. Um, Somebody sent bombs to uh, CNN. Somebody sent bombs to Democratic uh, politicians. Some people plotted to kidnap and execute the governor of Michigan. Um, Before January 6th, just related to the election in uh, your home state, some people tried to run a campaign bus off of the road, right? Um, It wasn't just January 6th. Uh, The Tree of Life uh, synagogue massacre. Charlottesville, um, you know, like there was a lot of violence, there was already enough violence um, that anybody that's paying attention should be afraid.
0: Right. And, you know, the repercussions of stuff that Trump did, like, you know, a big problem that we're having right now in, in the throughout the country is this thing about masks and vaccination and stuff. Two days ago, not in not in Arkansas, in fucking Midtown Manhattan, a security guard at an Apple store was stabbed multiple times by a guy when he was asked to wear a mask. And that whole don't wear a mask, it's wrong, it's impugning on your freedom. It's a. It's it's just like Hitler with the Jews before the Holocaust and all that ridiculous bullshit is 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 directly from Trump because yes. he didn't want to wear the mask and he said that he shouldn't have to wear a mask and he
1: didn't wear a mask. Yes, he politicized it. He politicized
0: it. So if in. New York City, you know, great liberal New York City, if you can have well, something like that happen.
1: I have to interrupt you though when you say great liberal New York City um, because New York is not a great liberal New York City. Our mayor was unfortunately Rudy Giuliani, um, Michael Bloomberg, though he ran uh, for president of the United of these United States um, as a Democrat, ri- uh, ran for mayor as a Republican and as an independent. Um, one of our former senators Alphonse D'Amato, is as offensive as any Republican you can find. Uh, <laughs> I, was this is not...
0: I was more referring to the image. New York Yes, has, but it's you know not I mean?
1: actually like the reality, right? We are the home of Rockefeller Republicans, though, I'll give you that. Yeah.
0: But how long um, since
1: that's been a thing? Yeah, I mean, those would be the people that would be writing op-eds in the New York Times saying, leave the Republican Party and, <laughs> and support Democrats. Boy, vey, I'll tell you, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the way out of this is. I
0: am well. One, I'm afraid of a lot of things. I'm afraid, as I said, that there would, there's going to be more violence. I mean, I don't see a way out of that. Um, I'm afraid that he's going to run again. I'm pretty sure he is. I'm afraid that he's going to win because. I don't know who he's going to run against. I mean, he could be he could be Biden, maybe, but he could, you know, depending on who else. If if Biden decides to step aside, and uh, somebody else, but I can tell you that uh, he still has the support for all of you know the Jeff Flakes and whatever of this world who are like that are Republicans who are like, uh, yeah, I don't like him. He's kind of an asshole, whatever. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, whatever. Uh, I guarantee you, I I mean, the polls show it that 95 or so percent of Republicans still support Donald Trump. Yeah. That's a fact. We don't use
1: facts in this podcast. (laughs)
0: That's true, but it but I mean, if he if imagine if he does win a second term, I mean, the vindication he is going to feel and the behavior that he is going to manifest after that, I don't even want to consider.
1: Well, I mean, I think I said this to you. I've said it to several people over the last couple of days. I'm serious. If he wins, if he runs and wins in 2024, my mental health is at stake. I don't think I can stay here. This is true, like a legitimate case of Trump derangement syndrome. It causes me so much stress and tension that i don't think i can handle it i'm serious i legitimately don't think i can handle it i just now feel like i'm coming out of a nightmare from the uh, four years of his presidency and the two campaigns like i really don't think i am my that i have enough mental strength to be able to handle that even just the prospect of a campaign sends right. me into a fit of anxiety.
0: No, yeah. yeah, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I mean, I feel the same way. It's so nice to like. I mean, I think about politics because obviously I'm into politics because you and I started this podcast. <laughs> but, but it's. It's not, you're right, it's not the daily, like, oh my God, is American democracy going to end today? Mm. You know, it's, 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 uh, Joe does this, okay, I agree with it, Joe does that, I, nah, whatever. But, um, uh, and, you know, the Republicans doing what the Republicans do. But that's almost comforting in a way, like, like, because, because, that's like just the usual shit. I can deal with the Mm -hmm. usual shit, you know. I can't deal with a guy who is systematically stripping um, the American democracy of of its fangs. Um, You know, he's, you know, yeah.
1: I think it's also important to interject here that American democracy was already uh, in an extremely weak position um, you know he didn't come in and destroy a, a well-functioning or a well-oiled machine um, right. <laughs> the fact that he was able to you know win the election says a lot about the position that we were in as a country. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't think I have the, the strengths to handle it. Yeah. I really I don't. don't.
0: I don't know. I think a lot of us have PTSD, honestly. Oh yeah. A hundred
1: percent PTSD. This is not a,
0: like a joke or me exaggerating at all. I think. Uh, like every time I see him, I have a physical reaction to it. Yeah. Like I do too. Seeing his, that fucking face, just like. A visceral me, shiver. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 uh. uh I, yeah. No, it's, 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 uh, it's looking at like the worst of us and someone who abused all of us.
1: He is an extremely dangerous man. He'd see this country burn if he could be king of the ashes.
0: That's true. Except, <laughs> except, you know, he is like Littlefinger in a lot of ways, but Littlefinger was really, really smart. Yeah. And that's to me is like, not only is Donald Trump crazy, he's also Profoundly stupid.
1: See, I would have to, I want to say something. Um, being okay, so you have ignorant, then you have stupid. Donald Trump right. is extremely ignorant, right? He doesn't know anything about anything, and but he's. In a sense, he has a certain type of intelligence because he's able sure. to manipulate people. And you have to be intelligent to a certain degree, crafty, right, in order to be able to do that To the with the degree of success that he's able to do it with.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a con man. I mean, he's yes. a classic con man. And I yes. guess you're right. I mean, there is you, you, there does need to be some level of intelligence for you to get away with with all that. Um, but he, I guess the better word, as you said, is ignorant, like somebody that catastrophically um, whatever. And somebody who just bends reality to his will yeah you know so you've got you've got he's ignorant he's uh you know he's he's dangerous in a lot of ways and then he also um warps reality and convinces you convinces his followers that that reality is that is is, is factual
1: it's pretty amazing
0: yeah I mean, this guy has conned and lied and stolen and grafted for, you know, since the 70s. And he's just done it on a national scale uh, in ways that are surprising. And I think that's, that goes back to what you and I have been talking about this entire episode. Is that we don't get it. We don't understand why this politicians or uh, that that have like any kind of grasp of reality uh, embrace him, or for that matter, the ignorant yokels out there. Why they embrace him? It is a mystery that the future will have to yeah, figure right. out. <laughs>
1: I don't know Mr. Thomas, I really don't know. I, they, I really don't the, I really don't understand. But not
0: to compare Trump to Hitler but there is although you can say, of course that there is a history of anti-Semitism going back in Germany thousands of years, thousands of years. So there was definitely as you say, the foundation, for the rise of Hitler. There still is a lot of people and a lot of historians who are like, there's there's this X factor of like, how did people believe this? How did they go along with it? Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that we have the complete answer to that. And that was 80 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we definitely don't have it today. For for Donald Trump, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. at the end of the at the end of the day, when 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 the Germans had, you know, Germany was but was not a backwater. I mean, they were suffering economically, but they were one of the most highly educated countries in the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and they went along with putting aside the genocide for a second an ideology that is wacko mm-hmm. it's based on like pseudoscience and like occult bullshit that they were supermen that what you know it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's when you really stop and think about the Nazi ideology it was utter nonsense and you're dealing with people today who who much like back in the Middle Ages where they believed Jews killed and, and drank the blood of Christian babies, it's literally the same trope.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of similarities. I would just also add that like in general, right, similar to Nazism, um, well, I guess Nazism is a form of white supremacy, <laughs> and it also it asks you to suspend belief um, about a lot of things, right? So there is that comparison, right? Like I'm just thinking about um, when the police uh, murdered Michael Brown and the cop said that he charged the police car um, and like grabbed, the cop said that he grabbed him and choked him. So you have to believe right. that a teenager who was shot in the back like, magically charged the police car and, you know, got his arm through a closed or a window that was being closed and was choking a cop like right. there's it requires a lot of magical thinking. Um, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. also, and this is, again, like, it's not, you know some great intellectual question but nurses and orderlies and pretty much anybody that has to work in an emergency room deals with mentally ill and intoxicated people all the time um, who some of whom uh, could be dangerous who are experiencing mental health breakdowns, who are high, who are, I don't know, you name it, they are it. And you never hear them say, um, I want a gun at work because I'm afraid for my life. Right. Like, I just think that that's, you know, another absurdity, right? (laughs) Like, A nurse, you know, and I'm gonna be gender stereotypical here, uh, has to deal with um, a crazy homeless person who's coming off uh, of crack Um, and she doesn't need a gun. Um, But a police officer in a car is too afraid um, to, you know not shoot somebody in the back? Right. Like it's just, I don't know. I change the subject, but you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, but it, it's all it's all related, you know, like like what what I've heard from nurses that I know, you know, with, with the masks and the vaccination, which again, you can absolutely trace back to Donald Trump and to other Republican leaders, um, you know, that they're, they're, they're feeling unsafe. I know, I know some hospitals have given uh, their nurses and, and staff panic
1: buttons
0: mm. that go directly to the hospital security
1: that because if they people get a se- are yeah. so outrageous. I
0: mean, they're already not safe, right? Because they're trying—they're on the front lines of the fighting against the coronavirus. And mm-hmm. then on top of that shit, they got to deal with assholes that are like being violent towards them. Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah, and they're like. A lot of these people also, and you know, the young people working in restaurants too, like as a checkout sure. person at a fast food place, like it's their decision to enforce a mask mandate. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, he really did a number in this country. He undermined trust in government when people already didn't trust the government. Right. Um, He created a situation where a public health crisis was made 50,000 times worse than it needed to be because of all of this. Like it just in so many ways, he like really fucked over this country and it's likely that he's going to be the president again
0: right
1: i really i don't know i'm exhausted by um the fact that this is reality <laughs> it's like, right. it I just know. you know
0: yeah
1: how is oh. it? Why is it reality? Why is this reality?
0: Yeah. Why? Why? Why indeed. Well, that's all. That's all for this week. Because uh, Raven and I have literally run out of substance to talk about, uh, to, to uh, explain uh, why this is happening. Um, so again, you can see us on all I have to say.net and all I have to say podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I'm Jack. And I'm Raven. And that's all we have to say about that.